How do we react when people do cruel and terrible things to us? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Today we are on Daf Chaf Hey, page 25 of Tractate Megillah. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman, and today we discuss how Yosef would have felt sitting in that pit after his brothers threw him in. Had he only known that one day he would be the Viceroy of Egypt because of it, he would have said, thank you, my dear brothers, for propelling me to greatness. When others act out of line towards us, we should say thank you for propelling me to greatness. Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Yaakov has spent many years at his uncle Lavan's house in Haran. Now it's time to return home to the land of Israel. He knows that the next great showdown will be his reunion with his brother Esau. But before he meets Esau, a mysterious incident occurs. Yaakov meets an angel and spends the night wrestling with him. All night long they wrestle until the break of dawn. The angel realizes that he cannot overpower Yaakov, but he is able to dislocate his hip bone. The angel then cries out, let me go because dawn has broken. Yaakov responds, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What's your name? asks the angel. Yaakov, the patriarch, responds. No longer will your name be Yaakov, declares the angel. Rather, you shall be called Yisrael, for you have overpowered God and man, and you have prevailed. Why did Yaakov request a blessing from an angel that had harmed him? Says the Gemara, The Mishnah states, One who says, May the good people bless you, is speaking heretically. Says Rashi, He is not including wicked people in his praise of the Almighty. Our sages learned from the inclusion of galbanum, a foul-smelling spice, among the ingredients of the holy incense, that the Torah required all to be included together. Let's examine this Gemara. Rav Chaim Kanievsky asks how Yaakov was permitted to ask the angel for a bracha. He cites the Vilnagon who disapproved of the third stanza in our Friday night Shalom Aleichem, where we ask the angels to bless us. In Judaism, we need not appeal to intermediaries such as angels for spiritual sustenance. We have a direct line to Hashem. He answers that having injured Yaakov, the angel now owed him something. Yaakov was entitled to payment for damages, and so he demanded his due in the form of a blessing. You'd have thought that Yaakov would have wanted to run away from that dangerous angel as quickly as possible. He'd already caused him harm, and now he was ready to disappear. And yet Yaakov saw the moment as an opportunity of divine blessing, not in spite of the damage he'd caused him, rather because of it. In life, when people cause you harm, you have four possible responses. You could try to damage them back. You could run away from them as quickly as possible. You could stick around and bite your lip. Or you could see them as a source of blessing. Let's examine each of these responses. Human nature would be to take the first route. If someone has been injurious to you, then it's only logical to want to act with contempt toward him. But as the Sefer HaChinuch explains, everything that happens to him, good or bad, the cause of it coming to him is from God, blessed be he. And from the hand of man, from the hand of a man to his brother, there would not be anything without the will of God. Therefore, concludes the Chinuch, there is never any reason to take revenge against any other person. If someone has injured you, that was the will of God, and you should turn your eyes heavenward to deal with the matter. 
For that person's part, he will also have to answer to heaven for his actions, but that is not your concern. The second response is to run away. That was Yaakov's initial response to the wrath of his brother Esav. Instead of dealing with the matter, he ran away to Haran. Now, many years later, he understood that running from one's issues doesn't solve anything. He had escaped the clutches of one menace only to find himself in the hands of another. And so even when the angel wants to escape, he says, not so fast. The third response is to stay and bite your lip. Most of us believe that doing so is the most righteous response. Despite whatever harm the other person has caused you, you don't respond. You know better than to stoop to his level. If that person is unable to do the right thing, that's his problem. You'll be the better person and take the high moral ground. But that is not the ultimate response. How did Yaakov respond when he was harmed? He asked the injurer for a blessing. Why would he have done that? Because he understood that harm does not come for no reason. This harm would be the source of his blessing. That's the fourth and ideal response when someone harms you. Recognize the blessing that is about to come forth from that person's act and thank him for it. What does that mean? Think back to when someone in your life did something bad that appeared at the time to ruin everything. Now think about the way heaven moved your life along as a result of that occurrence. If things worked out for the best, you really owe a debt of gratitude to the individual who pushed your life in an unexpected direction. Maybe you had a colleague who you couldn't work with. At the time, life felt unbearable. Perhaps it was so unbearable that you ended up leaving that job. And you were upset at that colleague. Every day he made your life miserable. But then you found a better job, a position with far greater potential for career growth. When you think about it, if it were not for your unhappiness in the first place, you'd never have looked for that incredible opportunity. And so rather than be upset at your former colleague, you really owe him the world. Now think about whatever challenges you're facing right now and try to transport yourself ahead in time. Try to imagine that the person causing you anxiety in your life today might really be the catalyst for amazing things to come. Maybe that person is forcing you to make certain decisions that you wouldn't have made otherwise. And then the Almighty will propel you to heights you never dreamt of reaching. Okay, now come back to the present. Take another look at that person who's giving you a hard time. If he's the cause of those great places to which the Almighty is about to take you, then shouldn't you be acting graciously toward him? Rather than showing him disdain, you should be displaying an extraordinarily joyful countenance toward him. That's the meaning of our Mishnah. If you believe the blessing only comes from righteous people, then you're thinking heretically. Hashem can make anybody the vehicle of his blessings in this world. If you think you're experiencing curses from a person you consider not entirely righteous, you're guilty of attributing the circumstances that are happening to you as occurring beyond Hashem's dominion. That's heretical. The right way to approach the challenges of the wicked is to double down on your belief in Hashem's hidden hand of blessing in your life. When we picture Yosef being cast into the pit by his brothers, we imagine him cursing them as they drag him across the field, kicking and screaming. We probably think of him sitting in the pit, hurling up hateful epithets in their direction, equally angry at them and God. But ultimately, the pit was his first step on the journey to becoming viceroy of Egypt and being responsible for the sustenance and salvation of the entire region. 
When his brothers would later plead for grace and mercy, he responded that their actions had only hastened his ascent to royalty. He had no reason to feel vengeful toward them. On the contrary, he was indebted to them for the blessings that they had brought into his life. Now let's rewind the clock years earlier and return to the scene of Yosef sitting in the pit. Viewed through the lens of our imperfect Emunah, we imagined him wallowing in his misery deep down inside the pit. But Yosef was a tzaddik. A tzaddik doesn't fret. A tzaddik doesn't dwell on his hatred. When everything seems hopeless, the tzaddik thanks his oppressors for sending him on a journey to greatness, comforted by the faith that the Almighty does not forsake his loved ones. The fourth response isn't easy. It entails almost superhuman bitachon. But when you live your life with complete faith that Hashem is in control, you begin to see blessings emanate from even the most unlikely sources. May you always believe that all people have the power to be a vehicle for Hashem's blessing. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.